Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, our listeners and avid viewers, to another episode of the Community Podcast, brought to you by Sipsos Africa. We are profiling Rotary in Uganda for this season, season eight of the Community Podcast, and our guest today is a Rotarian at Rotary Club of Chiwatule. He's going to share with us his experience practicing philanthropy in Rotary Club of Chiwatule, but also as an individual. Remember that the community podcast is all about African philanthropy, shaping the narrative around African philanthropy and reminding each and every one of us that we are all givers. Welcome to the community podcast, Rotarian Henry Chigundu. Uh, thank you, Marco. It's a pleasure to have you. And um, we'll start off by asking Rotarian Henry to share with us a little about himself and some ideas he might have around philanthropy. Well, thank you, Malcolm, once again. My name is Robert Henry Chigund, as you said, and uh, I have been a Rotarian for, what, coming close to 20 years now. I first joined Rotary in 2002. Okay. Uh, but the reason I was attracted to Rotary is mainly uh, to give. Okay. I, I am a product of people who give, mm -hmm. or who people who gave. Who gave. Um, in the 70s and 80s, and at that time it was probably not so common, but um, there's someone who's, I think she wrote a book, maybe it's a saying or proverbs, um, it takes a village, to raise, raise, a child. raise a child. Yes, I'm, yes. One of, I'm one of that. Children, yeah, children, children raised, by raised by the village. By yes. the village. And yes. in all aspects, yes. literally. Yes. Mm. Uh, when some people say it takes a, a village to raise a child, they're talking about, you know, disciplining and everything. Yeah. But for me, it included people who were philanthropists. Okay. People who gave their money so that I could stay in school. People who gave their money so that I could have something to eat. Um, I, I grew up with a single mother. Okay. And she used to work two shifts oh. to ensure that uh, we have food, mm -hmm. that I uh, have clothing, that uh, we have shelter over our heads, and that, uh, you know, um, I stay in school and, and do everything. So <clears throat> as early as about nine, ten years old, I could realize, I could see that my mother was struggling. Yeah. She would go into a day job as a tea girl in the office, then come back and work as a waitress in a in bar the in the evening. And I could see that was taking a toll on her. So as far as about, well, I mean, as, long, as, as, as young as 10 years old, I started doing some odd jobs okay. around town. Uh, I grew up in Chireka. Oh, OK. Yeah. So to get some money, I could fetch water for the neighborhood. I get 50 shillings. And, and yes. that helped relieve the pressure on my mom. Then I could buy a few things. I could buy myself a break. Yes. I didn't have to get money from her. Yeah. And um, this, in a way, brought me up seeing the spirit of humanity from people. Ubuntu. Yeah, Ubuntu. I know people that I can name by name. I can give their names and say, so and so on this day, this is how he intervened in my life. This is what she donated to make sure that I stay in school. Wow. I know um, uh, junctures when I could probably have fallen off the rails, as they say, yes. but someone's intervention helped me to keep going. Yeah. So when I grew up, um, I thought I should, uh, and I was among, luckily, among those who could uh, get some spare change, some some money you could, you know, give back. Yes. Uh, I was not earning a lot, but I was earning a bit that yes. I, I could spare. <laughs> so I did, I did um, 
ask myself, how do I give back? Now, for us Africans, you're already giving back because once you get a salary, I am the only graduate in my family. Okay. A family of 15 kids. 15, wow. And um, that meant that somehow I ended up earning better than everybody you know, else. Yeah. Uh, my father was aging at the time. My mother was also not, you know, being so well. And she had to retire from those jobs of being a waitress because she was now in advanced mm -hmm. age. So <clears throat> I can say as early as when I was 25, when I left the university at 25, but as early as that time, I was already uh, involved in some bit of philanthropy. Yes. But mainly with family. Within family, yes. Within family, I could, you know, my father needs this, my relative, my brother needs this, my sister. So when I got to about 30 years of age, I started thinking of other ways I can, you know, extend my philanthropy yeah. as a person. And what it came to mind, I had been uh, uh, enticed, is the word, to join Rotary earlier on, but I thought it was a bit of a group of people who are, you know, uh, well, off. well off. They're having dinner jackets and uh, they meet every now and often to have a dinner, pop champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it took quite some time for my late friend, George Walusimbipanga, who I'm sure you know, yes. to convince me that there's actually more than what you see on TV. Indeed. These people do a lot more and, uh, you know, they help other people, they, have, they help communities. And I joined, that was in 2002, <clears throat> as a charter member of Rotary Club of Chihuatuli. And uh, I, 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 up to now, I think it was a, it was a correct decision. Yeah. Rotary does a lot of amazing things that you can't get to see unless you are within mm -hmm. Rotary. Yeah. Um, during that time, from the time I joined in about 2002 up to now, I have seen a lot of amazing projects that Rotary has done, either through my club yeah. or through other clubs. Yeah. But for me, what stands out as um, an individual is the Rotary Club of Chihuahua joined hands with the Rotary Club of Nairobi Langata. Nairobi Langata had identified a young man from the slums of Kibera. Yeah. That young man was called Patrick Odera, and he had just completed what we call primary here, primary living examinations. And they thought it was good to support him. Okay. But they thought the best way to support a young man from the slum is actually to take, a, take him away, away from, from the slum. Because yes. there are so many things, as for me, as a person who grew up in those conditions, there's so many things that can divert you. Indeed. Not everybody has been as lucky as I was to stay focused yeah. all the way up to the university. Yeah. I was the president then of the Rotary Club of Chihuahua. And they spoke to me and they said, well, how can we do this? Can you find this? a school in Uganda for this young man. Yeah. And we work on this as a joint project. And we did. We did. Luckily, within our club, we had a Rotarian who was a teacher at Uganda Matters Senior Secondary School in Namgongo. Okay. She helped us get a position, a, pl a place there. Yeah. We got the place. And it was amazingly very good. The young man was so well-mannered. He was very good. Uh, had lots of discipline. And he, you know, sailed through the six years and was also top-notch in terms of academics. academics yes. He was doing very, very well. So we supported this young man for the six years, from S1 up to S6, with the club of Langata. He passed his LF examinations with flying colors. Yeah. We sent him to a university, Uganda Christian University in Kono, to do law. He completed his law degree. Yeah. 
Um, they do have a back course in Kenya because it's Kenyan. Yes. Um, which is, I think, equivalent to our LDC, LDC here. here yes. Yeah. He went and did that as well and completed it. He's a practicing advo advocate in yeah. Kenya now. Yes. And for me, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. That young man from a slum, I've seen her, his mom once. His mom doesn't speak English, speaks Swahili. But his mom tries, tried at that moment to explain how much we had done to her, to the young man, and to the entire family, mm -hmm. and what it meant. For me, as a person who is, has an almost similar story, I do understand what it means. Yeah. Patrick, when we're trying to support someone like Patrick, then Patrick can go on to support other that people. Well. Yes. And for us in Africa, that's philanthropy. Yeah. Yeah. You get to, if you support one person and uh, God with, with you and that person is successful, completes their education and goes all the way, yeah. comes someone, you know, successful in society, that person, many of them, I can say, can go ahead and support other and people. Support other. There are probably a few who may not do the same, but many would go. So I can understand. I have not seen Patrick in about three, four years now, but I'm sure Patrick, from his experience, mm -hmm. whatever he's earning, he's sharing it with, with, others. with other people. And that, to me, is one of the major, the best projects that we've ever done with Rotary. It didn't cost us a lot of money, you know. Yes. You hear of rotary projects that are costing five hundred thousand dollars, yeah. one million dollars. Probably at best, this could have cost us ten to fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. But the ripple effect yes. will be quite. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think from from your that story, what 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 strikes me is how transcending rotary can be in terms of getting someone from the slums of Nairobi in Kibera bringing them to Uganda. So you have two different countries, Rotarians giving little in each of those clubs, coming together, having that collective have such an amazing impact on one child through those six years, but then that boundless effect, that, that you know, ripple effect that follows, that, that just does amazing things for, for the community. And I think that's, that's very wonderful. Could you share with us um, a little bit about the Rotary Club of Chiwatule. What, what, what makes it tick in terms of its ability to, to be able to contribute to the communities that it serves? The Rotary Club of Chiwatule, uh, first and foremost, uh, was formed at a time when all, many of us were, you know, we just left university. Okay. Uh, most of us were about 29, 30. But it was, at the time, the farthest Rotary Club was in Tinder on that road. Okay. And in Tinder, Rotary Club of Tinder had a lot of projects themselves. They were doing a lot of projects. And um, when, when George, my late friend George, came up with this idea, he had looked at Nalia, the estate, where most of us had settled, settled at that time as, you know, young graduates, 30 years, 29 years old, and thought, these people, we can harness the, the, the energy that these people have oh, yes. and use it to do something. Within the communities around Nalia, in fact, the very first projects we did were around Nadia Chiwatule area. We had a, a medical outreach. The beauty about, before I even tell you about Rotary Club of Chiwatule, the beauty about participating in Rotary is that the things that most of us take for granted, mm. you realize that actually they are not. Yeah. When we first did the medical outreach in Chiwatule at St. John's Church of Uganda, most people were like, ah, but the people around Chiwatule have money, how many people will you attract? My friend, yeah. the people that turned up 
we would have over 200, 250 people turning up for that monthly project. Yeah. And many of them had what we would call communicable diseases, and they didn't know. So these doctors that would bring, uh, test them and say, but I think you have high blood pressure. Mm. And they're like, but I don't know. I only feel a headache every day. Yeah, I've yeah. never been able to check into a hospital. I don't have money to go to a hospital. You know, they can't even afford the nearest clinic from Chuatule, government clinic, government facility, at that time was Naguru. Yeah. But they couldn't even afford the money to come from Chihuahua to Naguru. And that, in a way, the Rotary Club of Chihuahua identified that problem and now we started doing We went on with that project for over nine years. But going back to the Rotary Club of Chihuahua and what makes it tick is that when we came together as uh, people of about the same age, we were quick to identify with the community in Chihuahua. Yeah. And like I said, most people when they hear Chihuahua, they think it's Everything is rosy. rosy yes. Yeah. But there are uh, communities within the Chihuahua community yes. that are not that well off. For instance, um, I think it's called Central Zone in Chihuahua. They didn't have any public, uh, any public water pipe where they could, you know, draw water. water. Even for money. Even, where, even if they had their own money to yeah. pay for that water, they yeah. couldn't. Yeah. And there was what we call a ground well, if you know one of those we had in the villages. Yeah. There's one there that most of them were drawing the water, water from. And, and we're like, but we, we can't go on with this. Mm -hmm. Surely there's something we can do. And water had not been, the public standpipes stand had not been extended that far down yeah. to that area. And the club of Chihuahua worked with the Centenary Bank at the time, and we brought that water. And you could see how happy people were. Yeah. Because everybody was passing and, you know, saying probably these people are doing well, we would, they would go to projects. Chihuahua, <laughs> 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 they must be doing very well. Chihuahua, yeah. you know. So those two projects, the public uh, water supply pipes and uh, stand pipes and the medical outreach helped us first and foremost to bond within the community with yes, which yes. we identify ourselves. Yes, yes. And um, that also changed the mentality of so many people about Rotary mm -hmm. around that area. Because the people got to know that actually these are not people just gallivanting in suits <laughs> and uh, enjoying yeah, themselves. Yeah. They actually do some commendable work. Yeah. And uh, we were lucky that <clears throat> the people who came on board, uh, 27 members who started the club of Chihuahua, every you know, great organization starts with 27, 27 members. Yeah. <laughs> 27 is the magic yes. number. Huh? <laughs> we're all very active. Yes. All very active. I have been a Rotarian for long enough to tell you that sometimes you have what we call uh, the get along uh, Rotarians. Yeah. They are happy to be Rotarians, but in name only. Yes, yeah. And yes. they, you know, when things are happening, they, are, they, are, they may give you the money, but they will sit back. They won't participate. They won't the, participate. Yeah. That didn't happen with the first 27. With, with the first 27, we had everybody involved. Yeah. And you're a Rotarian yourself. You know that once a Rotary club has people participating, it starts being seen yeah. by the leadership of Rotary in the country, in the district at that time. So that's how we became tick and we, we were getting noticed. Yeah. We're getting noticed, we have done that, we have done this, we have done this. So we're getting noticed slowly by slowly and that's how we, we got so many people joining us. We are over 110 now oh, yes. in a yeah. club, yeah. Wow, wow, uh, from a magical number of 27 in 2002 <laughs> to over 110 in uh, 2022, that's 20 years later. And I think what, what's, what's very exciting from what you say is about how the club was created to meet a need and not a need of the members 
of the club per se, uh, because you also need, had the need to give yeah. as members, but a need within the community, and that gave a lot of legitimacy to, to, to the club. And now, 20 years later, you have the, the, the club still su supporting members in, the, in that community. Could, could you tell us about some of the projects? You've told us about the, the, the project with, uh, with Patrick. Um, some of the other projects within the Rotary Club of Chihuatule that have excited you and, and probably sort of manifest what it means to give as a collective, Absolutely. that as an individual, it's something that you, seems insurmountable, but as a collective, it becomes something very easy to, to accomplish. Absolutely, there, there, there are so many other projects. Over 20 years now, we've done <clears throat> many projects and bigger. Yes. That, uh, uh, you know, a kind of, I would be proud of to be associated with, I would say. And we've now gone beyond uh, Chihuahua okay. over the time. We have done a very big water project in, in Kumin Teso. Um, and that was Thinking Boreholes, yeah. which we have done with the, uh, another club there. And again, you see that as an individual, Robert Chigun, I could not spare, you know, fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars per borehole. Yeah. But when I come, I become part of these a hundred and probably another few rotarians because these are matching grant uh, projects. Then we could raise something together. Yeah. So in that way, uh, um, philanthropy through an organization becomes justified and becomes different from the philanthropy that um, we are used to. Yes. Where you go to your village and you say, okay, have some bit of money. How many kids here don't go to school? Yes. And you know, you <laughs> <laughs> each kid is about 100,000, 200,000, you keep them in school. Yes. When you do something that touches a big and wider community and you're doing it as part of an organization, yes. then you feel the relevance of that organization. You feel the relevance of that group, and you feel yourself, um, you know, you, you feel like I, it's worth being part of that group, that group. Because you understand that if I were not part of this group, I probably would not have achieved this. Yeah. We have done, um, uh, again, another water project in Bujiri. Bujiri is on a place in on a, 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 uh, on Masakaro, no, no, it's not Bujiri. We did something, I think it's in, on Masakaro, I forget the place, but somewhere after Mkozi. And uh, again, it was a water project, sinking ground, mm -hmm. and that also involved a bit of uh, sanitation, would teach people to do how to deal with, uh, you know, elevated platforms when you clean your plates, you don't put them on the ground, you know. Okay. In, in Uganda, we call it a katandalo. I don't mm -hmm. know what it's called in, <laughs> in English. <laughs> so we would teach people such things. Yes. And uh, again, those things do help. Uh, the other project that we did uh, was with uh, emancipation, economically emancipating women in Mukono. Okay. Uh, a group of women had come together and they were saving money, but they were not saving fast. And uh, the amounts were not being good enough. Okay. They were looking at themselves, you know, lifting themselves up through uh, some small projects in the area. And they're looking for you know about ten, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to buy sewing machines and all these things so they can do some sewing, some handcrafts mm -hmm. for sale. Mm -hmm. We came together with the Rotary Club of Ohio, mm -hmm. Zanzville in the US. We contributed this money. We bought the sewing machines. We gave them to these ladies. I went back two years later. These ladies had managed to put up a building. They had wow. saved so much money yes. that they had money to put up a building, and now they were sitting in a building. Yeah. You could hear the sewing machines, and you were like, 
we only brought you 20 and you had over 50 now. Yeah. So yeah. those are the things that make me feel like it's worth being a Rotarian yeah. and it's worth donating or giving through Rotary. Rotary. Yeah. Yeah. The power of, of collective of collective giving. You you have shared with us some of those of those projects and certainly and, and then you mentioned the Rotary Club of, of Ohio. So that, that tells us that Rotary as an international organization is an opportunity for us, well as Africans who do philanthropy, to translate what we do every day on a much larger scale even though we don't stop doing it. Yeah. So you will support those at home, but then have an opportunity through the organization to support many more, and then also give an opportunity to Rotarians all over the world to be able to contribute to um, the, the development of communities um, around uh, that, that the club serves. But raising this money, how, how does that happen? How does the club raise money? How does the club fundraise? Is it every Rotarian make a contribution yeah, or are there some creative ways of getting this money out of uh, different Rotarians? That's a very good question. I do remember when I was president, uh, one, of my, one of the members came to me and said, but president, how do we stop this cabo every meeting? A <laughs> <laughs> cabo going around every, every yes, meeting. Because yes. we had these projects early on that I mentioned, Chihuahua Medical Outreach, and uh, we supported one time a, a, a young girl who had a a hole on, on her heart. Yeah. But every time we would have such projects, we would, would bring have, a basket yeah, around. Yeah, run, moving it around. Everyone gives it around. the that they have. I learned, and I've learned over time, that Rotarians don't have to use their own money mm. to actually do all these good things they're doing. Mm. The Rotarians may be parting with some money to support the administration and operations of the club, because the club has some costs yeah. it meets. And that, in our case in Chihuahua, I think it's $125 a year and 250,000 shillings. So if you add that up, it's probably, we're talking about 500,000 shillings a year. Yeah. Approximately 40,000 shillings per month. Yeah. That's all. Now, that is, if I can use, borrow the word statutory, you need to pay that yes. for you to, to sustain your membership. You sustain your membership. But that's, that's the only money that you kind of required. You must yes, pay. Yes. The rest, you don't have to contribute to yourself. I'll tell you how it happens. I've told you Rotary Club of Ohio. I've told you Rotary Club of Nairobi. Rotary sometimes does or executes projects through what we call matching grants. I think they've changed even the name. They keep changing the terminology. Mm -hmm. But where two or more Rotary Clubs come together and they get money from Rotary International to execute a project. Okay. They used, they would, the reason they used to use the word matching grant is that they would say, raise a thousand dollars, we shall match it with fifteen thousand. Okay. That's what yes, an international. Yes, yes. So that's why that's that's where the word matching comes. Now, when you're part of a club, and the club is ex executing nice projects, good projects that are cha life changing yeah. in the communities, that club is bound to get first of all, fellow clubs around the world internationally yes. that have money. Incidentally, some of our friends in the Western world have a lot of money, but they don't have anything to do with it. Yes. So they hear of Rotary Club of Chihuahua, they're doing amazing things, and they say, okay, we have $200,000 here. Yes. What can we do with you? Yeah. All you'll need is to have troops on the ground. You don't yeah. have to bring any money. Yeah. Just make sure that you, the project is executed, that you monitor it, and that's all, but yes. we have the money. Yes. So <clears throat> that's one way of raising money for projects in Rotary. 
through matching grants or through working with the Rotary Clubs or the Rotary International itself. Okay. But also, Rotary Clubs, especially here, do approach companies, corporate organizations. Okay. Um, every year, for instance, Rotary Club of Chuatli, they use the opportunity to install their new president to also make some fundraising. Okay. Uh, we approach companies, MTN, Airtel, so many, Centenary Bank, Babsa, and say, this, these are our projects for the coming year. How do you want to chip in? And thankfully, most of these companies do, you know, have a positive response. Yeah. You'll pick two million shillings here, pick five million shillings there. And before you know it, you have about 50 million shillings. Yeah. We've just completed <clears throat> uh, phase one of the Amolata uh, health center. We are, putting, yeah, we are putting mm -hmm. up a midwifery uh, kind of building okay. being constructed. And we've done it in phases. But phase one, which has cost about 150 million Uganda shillings, hardly, hardly, and I repeat, any of that money came from the members. Wow. All that money was raised from individual corporate organizations. Through the Rotary Club of Chihuahua. Through the Club of Chihuahua. Yes. We have done that project over three years, but each sitting president would use the opportunity of being installed as a president to say, by the way, we are constructing something yeah. up in the north, in Amolata, and we need some money. Yeah. This year we need to spend about 50 million shillings. How can you help? And organizations, you know, Completely. chipped in. Yeah. Um, you can value our work as the Rotarians, but we needed to go and monitor the construction. We need to go there and look at what's being done. But that's all. Yeah. So we do raise money in different ways, um, you know, collecting from companies. Now, the last one is within us as Rotarians, there are also some Rotarians who have a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> and they do contribute money to Rotary International, which is some of the money that comes back to us. Uh, you may have heard of major donors, people who donate, I think, over $10,000 yes. in their Rotary life. Uh, we have what we call sustaining members, people who have give, or who give $100 every year to Rotary International, purely for execution of the project. That's on top of the other uh, amount I spoke yeah. about. Yeah. You've heard of Paul Harris Fellows. These are people who have contributed more than a thousand dollars in their Rotary life, and these are Rotarians who have a little bit more. But not everybody is required to do that. Mm -hmm. Of course, we try to encourage as many Rotarians as, as possible, possible yes. to jump into that. More the merrier. Yeah, the more the merrier. But if you don't have, it's it's, it's not like the administrative fees that I spoke about mm -hmm. earlier on, where you must. Yeah. Yeah, we can understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, I I think that's um, fantastic because you you have so many avenues for getting members involved uh, and i think it also places a premium on, on on the different resources that are available whether it is going into companies it is going through Rotary international um, so we have resources you have the networks that have been built with companies as a resource to raise money you have the networks uh, built within rotary whether it's rotary club or international as an opportunity to raise money but then very importantly you also speak about the time uh, and, and effort and, and work that goes into managing, supporting and growing these projects and getting them to be successful. I think that too um, counts for, 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 for quite a bit. I've had some very interesting fundraising um, ideas around the Rotary Club of Chihuatule. Um, I know there's a, a um, football tournament yeah. uh, um, that, that is played to, to, to raise money. Um, there's a, a movie 
night that, that is washed to raise money. And all of these are opportunities by, by the clubs to raise money that, again, goes to the projects and reduces the burden on every Rotarian to have to, to be able to make that, that contribution. I'll, I'll ask, what, what, what do you say is the currency that gets other corporates, other entities interested in working with Rotary, but also Rotary Club of, of Chiwatule. What, what currency is that that Rotary Club of Chiwatule holds very dear that then facilitates these transactions? The, the, the currency is that uh, most clubs, or most corporate organizations would want to see their money put to use. Um, Rotary itself has a system where it's, if it has sent you money, it sends fellow Rotarians to come and monitor. Yes. Uh, they are called Rotary Cadres, Audit Cadres, or something like that. And they come from different clubs. For instance, if we had money from Rotary International, someone may come from Nairobi, may come from Addis Ababa, may come from South Africa to come and monitor and look at the project. Mm -hmm. How did we use the money and make a kind of an audit report, report back to yeah. Rotary yeah. International? Now, the organization, corporate organizations that we work with here, what they need is a report. Yeah, to just say we collected 10 million shillings from you last year. Yeah. We used it on this. You know, we pay some pictorial evidence. Yeah. We, did, we, we put up a building, and this is the building, and this, this is where we bought some wheelchairs. We, you know, we used it to purchase desks for schools, and, you know, that's, that's what most organizations will ask for. Yeah. Some organizations will ask, what's in it for us? Yes, yes. Yes, and yes. Uh, sometimes I don't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, you know, uh, promise them some bit of publicity. publicity yes, yes. Uh, that, you know, when you associate with us, we will say so and so, give us money. And for your corporate social responsibility, the time also not very, very keen on, yeah. you'll be doing well. Yes. The, the yeah. People will know that, you know. You're working with the Club of Chihuahua, you put in your money, and the Club of Chihuahua has actually executed projects ABCD. So that gives the, the corporate organizations, it's the currency between us and them. Yeah. They, one, they get reports and assure that actually you deliver. Two, that there's something in for them, something yeah. in it for, for them, them that, yeah. they, you know, publicly they'll be in the papers for having associated with you, for having given back to communities mm. through you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned corporate social responsibility, which in, in many ways is, is companies being reminded that, that they should... Sorry, are you aware? We continue? Please. Okay, so corporate social responsibility that you mentioned is companies being reminded that they should be good citizens and they are doing what they are doing to impress the communities and, and, and the public, um, which in itself is very un-African, because you, you do philanthropy in an African setting with a, sen with a sense of responsibility and not necessarily obligation, and, and yet many, for many companies has turned to that. I, I think that, is, that might be fairly a more Western um, po po perspective towards philanthropy. Um, than, than, than a, a more African one. I, I, I do agree with you with that kind of analysis, and I, I, I hate, as I said, I hate the term corporate social responsibility. The, 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 the whole thing sounds like an obligation. Yeah. You're being reminded yeah. that 
for you having made so many profits, so much profits from this community, yeah. please plow back yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how we are as Africans. Our philanthropy is based on Ubuntu. Yeah. My friend is not doing well, and I can buy him food. I can help him get him food. Mm. Um, culturally, I'll go back to my own culture where I come from, is that we, we never used to go to our gardens when a neighbor loses a person. Yeah. The reason is that you don't want to be seen, you know, hammering away, digging away when your neighbor is actually... Going about your daily... Yeah, you do daily things, yeah. yeah. And for us, all it means that all the energy you would have used there, take it to the neighbor but and assist and see yes. how best can we get this person, you know, your relative, your uncle, your relative, how can we get them buried off? Yes. Then when everything yeah. is back to normal, back everybody to can go back to you. Yeah. That is the spirit of Ubuntu. In, that, in those days, they were not even exchanging money. Mm, mm, mm. You know, you have people in, in your compound because you've lost someone, I'll, I'll give you some food yes. to help yes. you feed yes. those people. Yes. Corporate social responsibility to me sounds like uh, we, we, we must give you back something as a result of uh, having got something, a lot of money from you. Yes. Yes. Not, it's not based on the spirit of Ubuntu that, you know, there are people in this area. In fact, I do believe, I'm not in any corporate social organizations, but I do believe they probably have a budget of their profits and say, okay. The percentage. Yeah, the percentage. So if, if, Small if, one. Yeah, if we've made so much, one, two percent should go back. Go the other side. <laughs> and and, and I, th I think also one of the challenges is, is how, how organizations that would be facilitating that support struggle to access that money. Yeah. I don't think it's, in my experience, it's not readily available no. that they're actually inviting you to come and, and, I would, and, and take would, it out. I'll tell you that I've worked, in my years as a Rotarian, I've worked with so many companies where the person in charge of that CSR yes. tells you that account is not releasing the money <laughs> or they're telling there's no money available. <laughs> yet, yet the commitment has was made. Been made yeah. was already been, has already been made. Yeah. So it's, 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 not, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. On top of people feeling like they're being uh, reminded, they also feel like they're being coerced yes, into yes. contributing. Those yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, but it feels a bit funny. I don't know how best people who can speak English better than me can coin it and change it from corporate social responsibility <laughs> to, some, <laughs> to something else. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think that I think it's about it's about. The, the narrative that goes with it, and that's what we're trying to do at, at, at SIGSource, mm. to be able to document philanthropy in its truest sense, mm. in a, 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 an Afrocentric sense that then captures who we are as a people um, and then shares that out with the world. And, and this podcast is an opportunity to be able to do that. So, so going back, circling back to, to Rotary and how the Rotary Club of Chiwatule has continued to support um, it, it's it's the community that it serves. Do, do you have a sense of, of the profile of, of the membership um, and how does that augment the ability of the club to be able to contribute to, to, to its mandate? When the club is recruiting members, we, we, we used to do, and I hope they're still doing it, I'm not in the leadership of the club anymore, we used to do what we call a membership survey. Okay. And what that helped us to do is that we are now 80 members. How many architects do we have? How many engineers do we have? How many accountants do we have? How many doctors do we have? The reason we went through that 
is to, because Rotarians many times do not give money, mm -hmm. but they use their vocations mm -hmm. to contribute. As an architect, if there's a project to do with construction in my club, I'll give a free service, service yes. to the club to make sure that that project gets executed. Mm -hmm. So you need always to ensure in the club, and Chuakri has been doing that, that we go through the profiles of the different members we have and say, okay, we have now got enough accountants. Mm -hmm. They can help us, you know, do our books of accounts. They can look into our books of accounts. How about getting a journalist who can help us, you know, publicize what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Because the misconceptions about Rotary have never changed. Right from my time, who was feeling that Rotarians yeah, are people gallivanting in suits and eating and popping champagne, yeah. that misconception is still there. Yeah. So we can, for about three or four years back, Rotary Club of Chihuahua was looking for a person in, in, in publicity, in journalism, in mass communication, to be part of our member so that that person can use, leverage their vocation yes. to publicize what we're doing and, and change that change, perception. Yeah, change that, that perception. So the profile is very, very important and I think the club does that often to make sure that we have the vocations we need. Very early on, when we had the Kiwatle Medical Outreach, we didn't have a doctor. In, in our, the club? In the club, none. So how did you do that? We were getting <laughs> doctors from who would pay them. Yes. So we deliberately went out to look for doctors. Yes. And that's how we got the current president. president yes, yes. She's a surgical doctor and, uh, and uh, she, she's a surgeon and uh, also a doctor in medicine. So she understands some of these things and so many other doctors that have come along as members, or, as members over time. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of diversity then yeah. makes it easier for the club to carry out the, its various projects, yes. covering various aspects of, uh, of, of community service. And, and you talk about the, the public image around Rotary, um, and, and I've, I've been around Rotary for close to about 15, 16 years now, and that image is still there. Yes. 16 years ago, Rotary was very coy about publicity. It was very much like the African philanthropy, where you don't necessarily have to go around sharing, documenting, and bragging about what kind of philanthropy you're doing for your family, for your community. Today, there is a very active deliberate and, and deliberate publicity campaign yeah. for Rotary. How do you think that the image can change if over those 15, 16 years, even with the publicity, there's still a struggle to change that, uh, that mindset? It's a catch twenty situation for me especially. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a firm believer and uh, in, in the saying that when your right hand gives, the left hand should not know. Mm -hmm. yes. And that's probably the kind of position Rotary had earlier on adopted. Mm -hmm. That when we give, we should not go, you know, telling everybody that we have given. Yeah. But then the misconceptions come in. Yes, yes. Because, let's face it, on, after giving, after executing projects, yes, we indeed do sit down and have a meal yeah. and talk to each other. And in the process also, you know, pop champagne. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes, to congratulate ourselves. That does happen. Yes. But it's not the main aim, the main goal, yes. the main reason why we meet. Yes. The risk we run is saying that we only meet, execute a project and go home. Mm -hmm. But then that's, that's, that's not a social group because what is a social group in a way. Yes. Yeah. So we want 
the, 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 the misconception you're talking about still persists even with the deliberate effort to go out. I believe we're not yet doing enough. Mm. Personally, I've been, I've, been, I've been meeting people who are not Rotarian and say, and they say, but you, you, you give 10,000 and you eat 20,000 in a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to sit down with that person and say, no, we don't actually give 10,000. Probably mm -hmm. if we had a dinner, mm -hmm. the dinner was 2,000 and we gave 10,000. Yeah. No, 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 no. Then I sit down with the person and take him through that. So that is still very, very important. And we still need to do it. Yes. Because those who have now started accepting that we're doing some work, they still insist that we are doing some work, but on top of that... There's still a lot of fun that yeah, comes with it. Exactly. Yes, yes. So the, 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 the deliberate effort has to go on. Um, I am not an, an expert in mass communication and publicity, but one of the things that we should keep doing, for instance, me sitting down with you here, yeah. using the social media platforms, to publicize. I don't see Rotary Road publicizing. Maybe I, I follow the wrong people on social media. <laughs> I don't see Rotary publicizing what we do a lot. Yes. So all those things have to be kind of um, explored yeah. and we see how best to improve. But I agree with you that misconceptions are still there and we have to deal with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so as, as we come to a close of, of, of this episode and, and we wind down, um, I would like to, to ask, and now we are moving a little bit away from, from Rotary and asking Robert um, yourself about um, philanthropy. And you've shared how you, you were raised to, in, a, in a giving community and that inspired you to give. Do you have a, other philanthropy um, engagements outside Rotary and what are those like? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm a believer. I may not agree with most believers on how they go to practice their religion, but I'm an Anglican, I'm a member of Church of Uganda, and again, I use my vocation to uh, donate to churches. If a church is being constructed, rather than a church paying an architectural firm or an architect 10, 15, 20 million shillings to come up with the, uh, the plans and everything, mm -hmm. I give that free of charge. And I've so far done for I think four or five churches, okay. including the one that's being put up, St. John's Church of Uganda and Chihuahua. That's my work. So I, I, I do that. I also try as much as possible to participate in um, other church fundraisings as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a believer. But I also don't do it only for church. Okay. I've been approached by other beliefs, by other religions, Ooh. where they're saying, we would like to put up this and, uh, you know, uh, can you help? Yeah. For instance, there's a Catholic church in Naria. Again, I, I, I worked on that as well. Okay. And uh, I, I do support all these organizations that I think are also working with the communities. Community. Okay. Um, the Naba Development Foundation, it does a lot of philanthropy work. Yeah. Um, and, and it was started by Her Majesty for exactly that to keep, especially girl child in school. Okay. But they do, they do work with boy, uh, boy children mm -hmm. as well. I've supported them as well, again, using my vocation. And in some cases where some bit of cash is needed and I can afford it, I also do give it. But um, again, I go back to where I'm saying that the right hand gives and the left hand shouldn't know. Oh, yeah. When I sit here and I start enumerating all these things, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> You're revealing what the right hand is doing yes, to the left yes, hand. But, yes, and, and which, is, which is not true. But uh, the beauty about philanthropy communities 
as opposed to, to philanthropy within your family, yeah. is that when you give to someone in Kotido, in Karamoja, through Rotary, or through an organization, or through, I mean, you directly give, you do not expect anything, anything from that person. Mm -hmm. In your family, we do support children mm -hmm. to keep in school and single. You never know. Maybe when I'm old, they will take, take care of me. They will take care of me. That is, of my children. Exactly. I'm that yes. is giving in where you expect something in return. And yes. let's talk about it. We do do that, especially in our families, for that reason. But giving through Rotary, giving through other organizations, without you expecting a return on your philanthropy, yes. for me, is the best. Yeah. It's the best if you can give and just give for the sake of improving someone's life. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter keeps saying, uh, uh, you know, it's good to give because not all of us are dealt a good hand yeah. in life. Yeah. So you give, you never know what you've given may change that person's life. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier on, if you change that person's li life, the ripple effect, that person may also change other that people's lives. Yeah. So it, for me, that's the best. Okay. That's the best that I want to, to hear that when I give, I don't expect anything in return, yes. but that person I've given or that organization I've given then makes changes in people's lives or communities. Yes. So, so the obligation that is being created by your giving mm. is not to you, no. but for that person to be able to, to give yeah. uh, to others as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, that bit. I think that captures the ethos of your um, generosity as, as, a, as a person. Could you share with us some, um, some, some parting shots? What would be your, your parting shot for us as we, as we conclude uh, this conversation? I don't know uh, how many Ugandans listen to your podcast or how many Ugandans watch your, your, your YouTube channel. I know that for sure, we as Ugandans are very good people. We are very yeah. humane. Yeah. We donate and we give a lot. But I would like many Ugandans to get involved in giving through organizations. I've just mentioned the Nabagrika Development Foundation. If you don't want to be a Rotarian, yes. where you are required to meet every Wednesday, there's that one. You can do a one-off donation and say, I've had the organization does good work with yeah. these people. Boom. You can give to the church. Yeah. I know the Catholic Church does a lot of amazing things. Even the Anglican Church, yeah. with schools especially, education. Mm -hmm. You can give through there. So the, my parting shot is to ask every Ugandan who can give, and most of us can, yeah. to try and give. Yeah. Um, I've heard of conversations where people have only given 2,000 shillings. But the power of numbers, mm -hmm. when, two, when one million people give you 2,000 shillings, yes. Yes. <laughs> you have two million shillings. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, so don't sit back there as an individual, as a Ugandan, as a, and say, I can't give because I don't have a lot. Even 500 shillings. Is good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Henry Robert Chigundu, for sharing your philanthropy story with us. Uh, a member of the Rotary Club of Chiwatule, an architect um, as, uh, as his profession, and dare I say, a friend of mine. It's been a pleasure hosting you. And to our listeners and viewers, we are concluding this particular episode, but we hope to catch you next time on our next episode as we continue to profile philanthropy in Uganda through the eyes, the hearts, uh, and the hands of Rotarians on season eight of the Community Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.